On the Record with White House correspondent April Ryan. I'm April Ryan with On the Record. Lisa, your name and title as you would prefer it, please. Lisa Rice, President and CEO of the National Fair Housing Alliance. So Lisa, tell us about the statistical data that these banks have on race to find out how the monies were dispersed to minority-owned businesses, small minority-owned businesses. April, it's been actually extremely difficult to ascertain how much of the um, funding went to businesses owned by people of color because, uh, and this is according to one lender who processes the PPP loans, the SBA for this program did not request race data to be submitted in the same format that it does for its other programs. So what we have to do is sort of piecemeal data together to try and get a sense of how much of the PPP funding is flowing to communities of color. And all of the data that we've been able to look at, what we have to do is basically surmise or infer from that data. It suggests that businesses owned by people of color are not getting access to the PPP funding, particularly in the first round. So the Center for Responsible Lending did an analysis, and what they um, deducted, what they deduced was that roughly 95% of black-owned businesses and 91% of Latino-owned businesses, as well as 91% of Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander-owned businesses could not get a loan uh, in the first round of PPP funding. And why is that? Why do you believe that happened? For a number of reasons. Um, What we we have been able to uh, ascertain is that people who own, business owners who had a relationship with a high-performing lender were much more likely to get through. Um, And so if you did not have a pre-existing relationship with a high-performing lender, a mainstream lender, like a J.P. Morgan Chase or a Bank of America, then it was much more difficult for you to even submit an application because the banks were not accepting new customers. So if you were not already an existing customer, you could not even um, become a new customer in order to submit an application. And then we find evidence that uh, many lenders prioritize clients who who were seeking larger loans because the fees were larger. So that's two strikes against business owners uh, of color because, A, they're disproportionately unbanked or underbanked, and, B, they disproportionately do not have very or do not own very large businesses. So it goes back to this whole credit, access to credit issue and the lack of credit um, available for people of color People of color disproportionately live in credit deserts and access credit outside of the financial mainstream. And for this particular program, that was a huge um, barrier. So what are the lessons learned then um, 
and the, one of the lessons learned um, from this first round and has the second round been exhausted and do you believe the second round is a little bit more friendlier to people um, of color and those who don't have who are asking for larger loans Yes. So what we were able to do, April, was to get a special set aside in this current round of funding. So we have a $60 billion set aside specifically designed to serve unbanked and underserved small businesses and nonprofit organizations, especially those located in rural areas and urban areas, and especially uh, businesses that are owned by people of color and by women. So there's a special set aside for that um, portfolio of, of business owners. The second round of funding has not totally been exhausted. A little over half of the money has been exhausted. So probably around $180 billion has been exhausted to date. So we still have, you know, uh, well over $100 billion left. So we, we are encouraging people to do the, their homework ask around, you know, work your network, ask other business owners who did get a successful PPP where they went. Uh, don't forget about about smaller banks and credit unions, but before you go to those smaller banks and credit unions, ask a lot of questions. Make sure that they have the capacity and the ability to successfully submit an application. Oh. All right. Um, anything else you'd like to add? I will say that we're working on um, the Fourth CARES Act. Uh, so we're working on the fourth bill now. Uh, and we're trying to get additional PPP funding put in that fourth bill. And we want to expand the PPP uh, funding for, for um, smaller businesses and businesses that are owned by folks from underserved groups so that they can include things like paying for their employees that get a 1099, that get a 1099 um, because many small businesses disproportionately rely on those kinds of like contract employees as opposed to having somebody permanently um, employed, a permanent employee. Um, so we're asking for um, the PPP to help cover things like um, equipment and uh, um, technology and other things that small businesses need, may not have, but need in order to thrive through this COVID crisis. So if, if people can reach out to their congressional representatives and their senators and help us advocate for that kind of funding and for additional set-asides in previous uh, iterations of the PPP, that would be really helpful. We really need people to contact their congressional representatives to help advocate for these set-asides because if you're not well-connected, you're not going to get the funding. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.